all the things that you got into that got into you, you know, the, the things that you possessed that possessed you. Right. And you can see that now, and that's good and all and well, but that is half the battle because the most important thing I think after you achieve that is you got to have foresight. You have to be able to look ahead that while you're in that present moment, while you're living your life day to day, you can see these traps being set. You can see a person's nature and spirit and not get sucked into it. Welcome to the Doubt Every Thought Podcast, showing you the simple way of returning to God through forgiveness, knowing thyself, and doubting every thought. If you've been looking for peace in life and want to be a part of the revival, you've come to the right spot. So sit back, relax, and return to God. And we are live. Welcome to the Doubt Every Thought Podcast, where we talk about how to be born again, have peace in your life, and what it's like to be a son or daughter of God. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you're doing well. This episode is titled Richard the Great. And as you may have heard in the introduction, that was Richard. He's one of my friends. He's a fellow son of God, and he is just crushing it in life. And that's why I wanted to have him on the podcast, kind of give you a different perspective from a man who really is truly a son of God. On this episode, we talked about a lot of different topics. It included what it feels like in being immovable, the perception versus actuality of what a man is, including a father's love. Uh, we discussed what born into sin actually is, and he actually changed my opinion on that. Uh, we covered the sexualized world, what forgiveness actually is, and of course, uh, discerning the person within us. And so if any of those sound interesting to you, or if you're looking to wake up, or if you're looking to be pointed back to God, you've come to the right spot. So just sit back, relax, and of course, return to God. Okay, everybody, welcome to the Doubt Every Thought podcast. I am here with another fellow son of God. His name is Richard. Richard, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, this is great. Just for anybody who is kind of new to the podcast, the whole goal is just to kind of talk about what it's like to wake up, how easy it is, you know, if you want to have peace in your life, what it actually takes. And also the reason why Richard is here is to talk with other people who have already done those three simple steps of forgiveness, knowing themselves, and uh, doubting every thought. Uh, Richard and I were just talking about um, how so many people are, I guess when they wake up, they are beginning to realize the things that they believed in actually believed in themselves. And they look back in their lives and they can back rationalize and understand about, oh, okay, now I understand why all these things happened. But for so many people, they kind of get stuck where they are looking backwards in time while Richard you're kind of talking about a key thing now for sons of God is really just to turn it around and actually look forward and how you actually should be paying attention to the present moment and you'll actually be able to see what's happening and you know whether it was the example of road rage which you know is a small example but it really it really um, talks to the bigger idea of looking forward and Right. That was something I totally agree with. And when you told me that, I was it clicked in my mind. You know, it was kind of like this revelation. Like so many people will, after they wake up, they'll look to the pastor who woke them up and then they'll worship that person as like a false light, you know, and it's, I find that just amazing. And I'm not sure if, was that something that you kind of realized on your own or was that something you just had a revelation on or how did you kind of turn that mindset where now you're no longer looking in the past where you're, you're kind of looking to the future now? 
I, it happened, I mean, it's kind of been a process, like, before I, you know, found, met the guy who kind of pointed me in the right direction, and there was, looking back, I can see there was lots of different people who, in a way, pointed me back, not indirectly, because I didn't, wasn't directly interacting with them, but right. different, um, spo- you know, personalities, or, you know, everything from, uh, you know, Owen Benjamin had a, had a part, Ben Shapiro, just kind of coming into my own, like, from liberal to conservative, Right, and then I think then to completely beyond conservative. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing uh, when you when you wake story. up? Like that's been my experience too, Richard. Is that like uh, maybe a year and a half ago I was pretty liberal, pro-abortion, pro-just. I mean, anything liberal. I don't really know what it is anymore. And similar story with me. I saw Owen Benjamin. I saw um, Benjamin Balderson. Just a bunch of other people, and then I eventually stumbled across. Um, uh, Jordan Peterson and then Jesse Lee Peterson, you know, and that that was right. kind of the natural progression. And then I found uh, same here, like Roy Masters is the one you pointed me towards. And yep. since then, like a lot of times, I've noticed people will kind of stop once they get to that conservative level. But it's kind of like what you said; it has definitely progressed since then to continue down this road. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I got. I'm sure some of my families disown me. <laughs> they just <laughs> think I'm. Uh, I'm a little too hardcore, but the difference is like when you when you let go of, of everything and have no opinion about it and no feelings really. You don't. I don't have feelings about topics. I could talk about any topic, right? And when I talk about my my personal politics or what uh what I think of certain historical events, which tends to get under people's skin, <laughs> of course, I don't course. feel any way about it. Which is funny because I can listen to their take on history or their take on politics and. I don't get bothered, but they cannot hear my take on it or what I see uh, that I've discovered without getting upset. So it's interesting that that really is a, the, the difference there is that you either are moved by the world or you're, you're a rock. You, you're immovable. The you water know, just flows around you. There's that, there's that saying that says you're from this world, but not of this world, you know, and yeah. I found that really rings true for me. I think a Roy Masters thing, he said, um, you get to this point where you actually rise above thoughts. And once you rise above them, all of a sudden the secondary things, you know, thoughts then create that emotional response, which then, you know, creates that reaction. Once you get above those thoughts, it's hard to describe to people if you haven't woken up and if you aren't doubting every thought, but you eventually get to the stage where nothing really bothers you in the world. Like, you know, if the United States falls or if your family dissolves or if your sister dies, they're all just kind of things that are happening in the moment. But they're not like this emotional reactionary thing. And you do feel in, there's this amazing feeling you have where it's not even a feeling. And I think a lot of people yeah. don't understand that, you know, they think it's robot. They think it's robotic when you tell them that you shouldn't have emotions. And we're discussing about like, you know, worldly emotions, like that movement in your gut, that, right. that's, that, that, that's that sick feeling when, something bad happens in your life or you're having relationship troubles and it, it wants to pull you in and it wants you to pay attention to it but you have to know that it's it's not there it's not real as real as it feels you just move on like I I've lost uh, both parents uh, and it was a great example for me because the first one happened when I was dead asleep I see. You know, like spiritually uh, I did not know how to handle it right uh, walls came down world shattered you know hate God why you take this parent, take the other one, blah, blah, blah. Sure, sure. You have all these like hangups and 
you end up, I look back, I realized I was in my thoughts. Like I was living in my thoughts, like thinking about the, my, my, it was my father who passed first. So I was thinking about him. And, right. Oh, I wish he was here and yada, yada, yada. And, and when my mother passed, it was after I, I bumped into Jesse, found my way back, started waking up and it happened completely different. It was a, a same thing, un, unexpected, sudden car crash. And I remember Wow. it was surreal because I, my brother called me. She was not answering her phone. She was late for work. And we had helped her out here and there at, at this job she had at work for the city. Okay. Yep. So we knew we knew uh, the setup. We'd go help her set up the park. And she did special events for like senior uh, square dancing groups. So they reached out to my brother and said, hey, your mom's not here. and We're all outside. So he calls me. I tell him, don't worry about it. Just check the, the traffic route. Maybe she's uh, got a flat tire or something or a minor accident. Lo and behold, you know, she got in a fatal accident and the cop picks up the phone after I tried a few times and wow. breaks the news. And the craziest part was that I, I didn't feel anything. Wow. And it wasn't like, I, it's not like I didn't, wasn't aware my mom was dead, but it was just, it was what Jesse and Roy and any man who's awake tells you that you just need to deal with it and you don't have time to indulge in thoughts. I heard him say that. I said, okay, I'll be right there. I need to make sure that, uh, you know, get things and gather that you know whatever I need to gather from the car of course and uh, notify everybody else and he's and it was funny because for the rest of the night I had to break the news to family members and I was the only one not breaking down not crumbling right. and it was it was odd like I had thoughts telling me you're a weirdo why aren't you feeling something I was about to ask but, you that Richard because yeah. I've had those all the time it happened when um, the first time I ever had that question was when like my grandmother suddenly died at my uh, sister's wedding you know, she was kind of epic timing. You know, sister is the first one getting married in the family. And then uh, after the post-ceremony, everyone's eating dinner. She kind of keels over and has an aneurysm and is just dead within five wow. minutes. Wow, at the dinner? At the dinner. <laughs> Luckily, she wow. was like she keeled over, wasn't feeling good, called an ambulance. She got into the ambulance and then she kind of went unconscious and she died that night. Um, if you were super present, you would have been like, pass the potatoes. <laughs> you know this? <laughs> Jacob! <laughs> You're, ca you're catching on, Richard. Like in that moment, I wasn't awake yet. I hadn't forgiven all those things. But I had that feeling where everyone else was kind of like, their eyes were like double wide open. The uncles were all kind of panicking because it was Grant, it was their mother. Um, yeah. And then everyone, a bunch of people were crying. And I was just kind of sitting there like, oh, okay, like whatever. And I loved, I really liked her. Like I loved her. And, but then at the same time, I was having those thoughts you were talking about saying, dude, you're a psycho. Why aren't you freaking out? And I'm sitting there yeah, like, well, why aren't you crying like a woman? <laughs> Maybe I'm fortunate, but that's literally what I felt. I'm like, well, if she dies, then she's dead. And then I can talk about it then with people. But she lived a great life and I was so happy to be around her. And right. I didn't live in the past with her and I didn't wish I had done other things. You know, there wasn't all that regret because I think a lot of people... That's what happens when death happens. They they have a sudden realization they miss so much, and the thoughts will tell them that they miss so much. But it just is what it is. Yeah, it's a it's a trap. Like you can't. The, the devil will come up with all kinds of things to tell you that you missed out on. I I, I fell for that with my with my pops when he passed sure. because I I missed the last phone call that he made at his job before he was killed, and wow, I, that was what plagued me. It was a thought that never left my head. The devil in my was in my ear for years, telling me like you're 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 what a what a piece of work you are to miss the final call. You know you were the last person that he reached out to, right? And and that was it. And it it rocked me like it rocked me because I lived in my head and 
Right, because you believe it, it contract, and you feel it, and then just it just possesses right. you. It's the then the waves just break over you. And you can't stop it. Yeah, it becomes your identity. This this this, this uh, morning piece of piece of work. <laughs> you just that's your identity. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm I'm a drinker now because I have to drink my life away or sure. take my problems away or whatever it is. You cover it up with all these things, and and it's a stark contrast to how I handled my mother's passing, which is just like it's it's Thursday. I got to go to work tomorrow. Exactly. And it's not like you're soulless. That's the thing is you're, you're actually completely connected to your soul. And I think when we come, when we come back from a short break, I mean, we can talk about this more. This is, this is an amazing topic, man. I can't believe it just came up that way. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back on the uh, Doubt Every Thought podcast, guys. Okay, so welcome back to the Dive Every Thought Podcast. We don't even need to take breaks anymore. I just realized you're full of logos. <laughs> Richard was just on a, he was butter. He was on a roll. He was just crushing it <laughs> with all these good points. And one of the points I think a lot of people don't realize is they're defined externally, you know, by external things. And mm-hmm. it's not literally things that define you. It can actually be the labels that define you. And like you were saying, skater, you know, alcoholic, stoner, stoner um, I went through that phase too. Where, I'm a whiskey man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, Whatever it is. It's it's really amazing. And then even people will, um, I've had people tell me, oh, I, I'm just someone who has anger, you know, and yeah. they just then use that justification to never, to never forgive and let go. And it's amazing how, I mean, this whole idea of the wide path to destruction, like the narrow path to salvation, I, I, I didn't realize how narrow that path actually is. You know, when I first yeah, there's no wiggle room. Like it's it's amazingly narrow, and when I first kind of woke up to it, I'm like, oh yeah, there's all the Christians are on the narrow path. This is awesome, and and then as I began to look at it, I'm like, wait, there's a, over a billion Christians. I'm like, wait, no, no one's forgiving their parents. Wait, they believe their thoughts. Wait, they think you know homosexuality is normal. Oh, they think uh, having a woman pastor is normal, and then I began to realize like how many people are actually still asleep even though they say they're Christian or they say that they're, uh, you know, awake, like awake now, even people uh, that I know close who have said that they've gone and forgiven, you can tell that they haven't. And it's just fascinating that when you're on the other side, you know, life is a very, you see life so differently, you know, that it's hard to describe to people. And, you know, so when I talk with you and I talk with others, I'm just like, Oh, look, it's, it's kind of like me in a different form. Like, this is awesome. I can't wait to, actually talk to somebody who's pointing me along the path as well and i'm not sure if you really had any other insights like that i mean there's just it's just amazing to me to realize how many people are actually still asleep and just yeah it just I blows mean, my mind there's like a so another amazing like good observation i got this year with some through some you know the best thing is you're going to get these observations 
or you should get them if you're present through the people around you. They will give you the observations, how you interact with them, or if they come to you with questions. Um, and one, and right. one thing I learned, like in terms of relationships, is that you know there's too many men out there who you know can be alpha in their their profession. Alpha at their job. I I, I work a blue collar job currently, and uh, sure, I'm in the I I'm in the IBW union, and I work around a lot of tough guys, guys that you know that you know that firefighters look up to. You know, the guys, you know, yeah. linemen are like the heroes for other other alpha men. Right. But some of these guys, you know, as tough as they are on the job, as as much as they're an ace uh, with what they do out there. They can't handle their wife at home. They can't handle their relationships, and a lot of them have, you know, crushing debt, uh, multiple divorces. Um, they avoid going home. They don't bring their wives on the road with them. They don't fly them out. They don't put in the effort. They end up actually running and hiding into their job. Their job becomes their identity. Like they become uh, right. just a lineman, whereas they should just be Brad or Derek or Gary. And you happen to do line work, and. Right. You should have your wife with you. Like, if, if I'm blessed enough to get into this field in their position, I see that the the only way you do it is, you know, like, I'd be stoked to one come home every day to her. Right. Two, I'd fly her ass out to wherever I'm at. Of course. And say if I have to work in this part of the country, well, guess what? Now we're going on vacation, and you come with. <laughs> right. And and you should be stoked to have her with you at all times. Like, it doesn't mean she's not gonna have her ups and downs, but if you can't handle her, then it's not her fault. It's it's your fault. It's an amazing point you're making about um, relationships and how inverted and wrong that they are. You know, natural order, God, Christ, man, woman, child. And if you actually look into how most people are living their lives, like those linemen, I mean, it's it blows your mind at how the world perceives these people as masculine. You know, they're strong, physically strong. They're tough. You know, they handle these situations. They work 60, 80 hours a week outside on the job, hard work. But then you see them in their relationships and it's their complete betas, Weak. this weakness. And, yeah. and then they have the divorces. Then, so you get confused. You know, society tells you, oh, this is the strongest man. These are like the manly men that, you know, go to war and really fight. But you begin to realize that the definition of what a man is is so, it's so off from what it actually is. Yeah, what you're, right. what and you're you talking end up taking, about. Yeah. You can take away and model after them, and you're going to pattern after the world, and you're going to believe that, well, that's as good as it gets. You know, women are nuts. They can't be handled. Yep. Uh, you know, you're just going to have to accept that you might cheat or she might cheat. And it's like none of these things have to be accepted. And the yeah. problem is you shouldn't be comparing yourself to the world in the first place. You're, if you are someone who believes in God and you call yourself a Christian, you want to walk that narrow path, well, then... The truth is you can never compare yourself to the world because the world has fallen. So you're not going to find what you're looking for out in the world, not in the exterior. You're going to find it inside. That's so the true. kingdom is within. And that's the model you need to follow. You know, we have the model, Jesus. The dude wasn't married, didn't have kids, right? but he can give advice on that. Because people love to say, oh, well, you're not married. How can you talk about marriage? Or you don't have kids. How can you tell me about kids? That's it's like, so well, common. neither was Jesus. Right, right. But Jesus, Jesus is the pattern. And if we remember that pattern... And follow it that's that's the bridge across to the other side that's amazing to think because i used to have that belief like okay this is what has to happen so men have to take this risk when you get into a relationship oh i'm only going to find uh women who who have slept with this many people you start believing all these thoughts that then justify either your failures or justifies your own debauchery your own breaking of the commandments having sex before marriage 
you're just trying to just you're believing all these justifications in your head believing your thoughts which come from satan and then you wonder why your life is an almost living hell you know why you're running away from all those situations it's it blew my mind and now on the other side i totally see what you mean and for other people waking up richard is on point here you you will naturally see what to do because it's not even you seeing it it'll just be revealed to you you know and so even in those relationships you you do have to face it you have to know how to lead you know and god will give yeah. you a woman when it's appropriate you're not the one seeking it you know and and, and, and don't have these illusions that just just because you're awake uh that you know everything ends like she's just is going to be super peachy and never have doubts herself and you know right. the same things that you wrestled with and, and that you're you're overcoming well guess what Th those thoughts are louder in the head of a woman yeah and it's a reason why eve fell for the serpent like he knew she was the weaker link and not that that's a knock on women but it's just the truth that since they're one step removed in the order of god they're they came from man and man came from directly by the hands of god well then they that's why a woman naturally needs a good man a godly man above her to lead and protect her not to tell her what to do and boss her around because if he's doing it right and he loves what's right, well, then she'll see what he sees. She'll catch it a little bit after, kind of like if I'm looking down a trail and I say, all right, babe, we're going left. And then she looks over my shoulder and says, yeah, we'll go left. It's because she saw it and she sees that it's a good move. So she goes along with it. Right. She didn't just trust me blindly. Yeah, the blind trust thing, because that's the caricature again of what a man is. You know, the you have this weak man on one side, but then the feminists and the people who believe their thoughts, they're like, well, what's the other option? Oh, it's men who are tyrants who just want to have sex with everybody and just want to control the woman and have her stay barefoot in the kitchen. You know, yeah, only. spread your seed and have her make sandwiches. Right, exactly. And they all talk about how, oh, men are locks and women are locks and men are the like master keys and oh, yeah. you know that whole analogy of. <laughs> I'm, yeah, it's just like it's. A, you know, not that sexism is real. It's just, you know, a good, right or wrong, good or evil. But it's, exactly. there is that, that machismo that guys mistake being as being a part of Christianity it's, or part of being a, a right man. guy. Yeah, it's an imitation. Right. It's a worldly, it's a worldly uh, identity. And it has, you're going to destroy a woman that way. Yeah. You're not going to help her in any way. And I think, yeah, in part three, let's talk about that more. I like this idea of talking about relationships. So we'll be right back on the Diary Thought Podcast. And we are back. Look at that. Two seconds. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. So we're, we're just talking about this idea of um, how men are doing this imitation of what they believe the external world defines um, what a man really is. But one of the things I've noticed too is that there's this, like women are looking for at the core, there's like this perfection inside of them and there is a sin inside of them too. Like It's inside everybody who hasn't woken up but they're seeking that type of perfection and they believe their thoughts you know they try to convince themselves that they're with a good man they'll they'll say oh this guy is a good guy and things that are questioning will happen but like when you actually do find a good man like they're not somebody who's going to have sex with you before marriage because he has self-control and i was kind of wondering if there's other for people who are listening if there's like other traits of what a good man is you know somebody who's not emotional they guide them correctly, they watch out for them, 
you know, it's kind of like having a, I guess, a father's love over the woman because that's all they're seeking. Yeah. I mean, a husband should love his wife the way a father loves his daughter. And that's not, that's not referring to the sexual part of it. That is just for making babies. But, right. you know, every other moment of the day, you know, short of that moment, he should love her like a, a father loves a daughter. It's that you care for her well-being. You're looking out for her. You want the best. You make sure she's safe and fed and healthy and taken care of. And you, you correct her in the right way. If, you know, and when you're coming out of a, a worldly state, you're going to have a worldly woman. So it's you're going to have your little disagreements, and of course. she may not see what you see. But, but if you're patient and she's patient, and you both are seeking still, you, it'll sort itself out, and it won't be. It'll never be big enough that it'll destroy your relationship. It's not something that he would hold against you, and that she would hold against him. Um, but you look at the way the world works and how most people do it. They don't let things go, and they actually, they really hate the other person in so many small ways, and. They, you know, just like the joke that women never forget anything, and they, they have a list about all your mistakes, which you know is kind of a true because it's, it's the thought. It's really it's Satan's list. Thing. Yeah, Satan has that list ready. Yeah, <laughs> it's not their nature. It's not their real nature. Like again, and if you're awake, you can't. It's not about blaming women. Day. It, it's no. Just knowing that the devil works on them a little bit better. His voice is a little bit louder in their head, and the thoughts are a little harder to detect. I think for for most women. And Very but true. doesn't mean the man's the man's not immune to it either. I can feel the wind kick up inside me in certain situations, and I can hear it. It gets loud. Uh, it wants me to feel something. It wants me to, to act on it, and it's still there. It's always there. But you get better at knowing, like, oh, it's getting pretty windy inside. Let me go ahead and just plant my feet and not get moved by yeah, this. Yeah, it's it's a very fascinating temptation when you realize thoughts are really just temptations. They're offers from Satan to get you to buy into the imagination to. To buy into mm -hmm. the future that he's trying to create to lead you astray, lead you into hell. That's what it kind of feels like. And yeah. and kind of back to your point about how it's not the woman's fault. I mean, I, I always look back to the whole Adam and Eve story. You know, it's really Adam's fault because he should have told her, like, put that apple down. I told you not to eat it, you know. <laughs> yeah. If the man if the man fails fails the woman, then he fails to save her. And it's not necessarily from herself because it's 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 not her true self. He fails to save her from the thing that, that found a way inside her spirit as a kid because those thoughts and all, all those doubts come to you uh, in childhood through trauma when a parent yells at you and makes you feel less than. Exactly. Um, otherwise, I can, I can remember now how I was so carefree as a kid. You were totally present. And if you look at toddlers... They don't hold on to things. They let go almost immediately. They're just completely present. Exactly and that's right. what being born again means. You have to go back to that state where you can let go of those things. It's kind of like when you're, the whole idea of you're born into sin, right? So you're born into flesh, which is the sin. But before, my kind of concept there, if, that, if that's true, then before you were born, there is this perfection, which was you which is the real you. It's your connection to God. And so you're born into sin. So now you have the perfect you and then you have the sin within you. And then when you go and forgive, you know, as well as children, you're already perfect, but you have that sin within and then your parents will somehow get that trauma to be exercised and you disappear in your imagination and believe your thoughts and you're off to the races. You know, that's usually yeah. just what happens. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't subscribe. I, I still can't subscribe to the idea that, cause I, I just know children are born perfect. And it's it, not, I, I know, I think when 
people take it. I mean, they they're free to take it the way they want, but I never took it, and I don't take it literally that that the child is is has a sinful flesh and all that. I just believe that okay. we're born into the world. The world is fallen. This is his kingdom. You know, the prince of the air or whatever they call the devil. Sure. This is his world. So. Uh, nine times out of ten, you're going to be born into a family that has fallen. So if you, right. you're, born, you're literally born into sin, as in you're born into this world, you're born into the worldly realm. Right. That's actually and, that's a good. But point. your spirit is pure. You know, I hadn't even thought about that. A lot of baggage along the way. Right. Not real. It's just like a bunch of suitcases that have nothing in it, but they feel so heavy because you think they're heavy. Ah, uh, so so you're born perfect as a child, but you're born into this this realm that has everybody who has just fallen because of the whole fall right. and then because of the trauma that they project onto you you know that's why children are perfect until they then until they are traumatized ah yeah so the they, trauma lets so the, the doubts sense. in it lets the fear in it lets the anger in once the kid has that anger and that fear well then it's it's a done deal if, if a woman has trouble with thoughts and emotions as an adult can you imagine what happens to a child they can't they don't know what they're dealing with i can't with. even imagine it. they can't they can't understand the spiritual battle that's under underway inside oh that makes sense because it that's really that's actually an interesting point my mind's getting blown right now so it's kind of like this idea of you're born into sin but it's not you're born into sin yourself you're born into the sinful world it's not that it's, yeah. it's within you and then some people get imprinted immediately with trauma, you know, and some people don't, right. you know, some people like, live until they're teenagers or whenever, and then they resent their parents. And that's right. why some people, when they're coming out of it, come out of it more quickly. That's interesting. Just like, uh, in a, you know, people can argue all day long, but the, the truth of the matter is when it comes to homosexuals, for example, and I got plenty of friends who are, and they know my stance on things, but they also know that I love them and I don't hate them for how they want to choose to live. I just would, yeah, of course. I, I, I have the courage to tell them to their face that I, I don't agree with it and I, and it's not a normal way or a natural way to live, but I'm always going to be your friend right. because it's, it's, it's a difference. I'll never vote for it. I don't want to see it on my TV. I don't want it in the schools and they know that. Um, and that's, that's where it's at. Just leave it at that. You know? And you're, just you're, truly, you're truly seeing it as the sin versus sinner. You know, like it's, you're not judging. You're not judging. You know, you're, right, because I, I understand that what they went through as a kid, most likely, in, all, in a lot of cases when it comes to people who identify as being homosexual, right, they suffered sexual abuse, uh, usually from a family member or someone close to them, but they were abused. Right. Uh, it doesn't always have to be physical. Sometimes it's just you know someone berating them or torturing them, but uh, pretty much almost every time it's sexual abuse. Right. And that, that trauma, one, it hypersexualizes children. And that's where you get these hypersexual adults, like women who uh, confuse uh, sex for love, and they live thinking their whole life that good sex means good love, or that they can't have a, they can't, they can't fathom a marriage without uh, just rocking sex. Like that's that's the qualifier, and Very they need true. to know if it's going to be off the charts uh, amazing, because that's how I know that I love him. And it's actually not the way love's supposed to work. Right. That's just for making babies, and it sounds nuts because I, I I used to think the same way. I totally agree with you. And it you, can be enjoyed. Yep. You do enjoy it when you're with your wife, and I, I know that you will. But it really shouldn't be on your mind until you're in the room making the baby, and uh, the rest of the day you just look out for her. She's just your wife, and you're just her husband. Right. You're not you're not playing this whole uh, two hour seduction game, and then four hours in the bedroom, and then everyone's exhausted, and then then you know that you're a man and she's a woman. Yeah. yeah. Just get in, get out. Like it, it'll the moment will come. It'll just be revealed. You'll, you'll look at each other, you know it's going to go down, you go knock it out, 
you come back and you get back to your life and you enjoy things. You go out, you hike, you take the kids out, you play ball. Exactly. That's that's what a marriage really is. It's not the sex part. The sex is such a fraction of a marriage. That's amazing. Let's take another short break, but that's an amazing topic to talk about, like sexuality and all that jazz. So we'll be right back on the Dad Every Thought podcast. back guys so welcome back uh we talked about relationships and we're talking about homosexuality but it kind of goes to this bigger topic you kind of covered richard about just it's it's just amazing to me how sexualized our societies become you know people are just pornography the ads it's all about relationships tinder and for homosexuals now it's grinder it's all about reinforcing this whole fleshly realm this that physicality if you have that that means that you have love you know you're mm-hmm. free you can do what you want and, well, the, and the fact that you have you should feel a sexual attraction like that that is a love a qualifier for love right. not that you should feel that the person should make you feel at peace or help you grow spiritually like we're totally uh, as roy would say bass backwards it's just the wrong That's way a good word yeah but no i i that's the way i see it too and in that fallen state that's you just you grow up that's where you adopt whatever's around you you put it on like your own armor and then you just Mm -hmm. adopt and do those things and then when you wake up you shed all these activities and then you really understand why everything is you know back ass words it's it's it makes so much sense now why everyone is so lost because they're you know, having sex out of wedlock, so it inverses spiritual order. It's like you're getting married in hell. Then you have this emotional trauma where now the woman is the head versus the man leading, and then the man doesn't know what's going on. The woman is lost because she's being led by Satan. It just it just leads down this path of destruction. That simple. Yeah, no act. one's. Yeah. No one's. Uh, no one's steering the ship. Everyone's just doing their own thing, and there's no actual real peace in the relationship and. It's just great, like, you know, not having emotions doesn't mean you don't have joy and peace, but it's just those worldly things that that people hold on to. And, like, yeah. I have so many friends who who really can't see past that, that, that sexual thing. And, like you said, it's everywhere. Look at your internet, uh, your, your Instagram Explorer page. You cannot like any of these females' pages, but if you go to your Explorer page, it's going to be nothing but girls in yoga pants. I mean, to the point where you can see the anatomy. It's But, like, Richard, it's, it's just Lululemon. What are you talking about? Yeah. Right? Lu- yeah, Lululemon lips. <laughs> That's such a good point. It's it's pretty it's pretty nuts, you know. Like it and like every girl like is showing her butt off, and then there's a quote from Gandhi underneath. It doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but it's because that's it's the only love they know. It's the only love they've ever known. They've they've never had love in their life. They don't have love inside of them. They never had a man love them in the right way. So they don't know that's what it is. They, ex- they they want to be finessed. They want to be wined and dined. They don't want to be corrected. They don't like to be fathered because that's the last thing they want. They didn't have a good father, whether they understand it or not. Right. So they don't want to be fathered. They actually, they think they resent being fathered when it's probably the best thing for them. That's that's the thing is like when you say they, they feel like they're being fathered, it's like in the world's perspective, 
it's this really messed up form. It's abuse. It's it's something right. wrong. But overbearing, imposing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, Richard. Right. But the fathering that you're talking about is a true father's love. And it's not even I guess that's a good question to you. Is like for me, it doesn't even feel like it's my love to give. It's actually God's love through me that is being given to everything around me. And so that's the real father's love. And I was kind of wondering to you, what, what does that father's love feel like when, you know, when you're getting it from God, the similar way that a woman gets it from a man. For, for me, it feels like this just really peaceful guiding thing that says, well, here's the way. And you don't have to follow it. I mean, it's your choice if you want to. But if you want to, then I have more secrets, you know, I can reveal to you. There's like this really peaceful, joyous feeling I get when, with the father's love. So I was wondering how you kind of saw that too. I, I, looking back now, like I'd say it feels kind of like the way it did when I was really young before I can remember any trauma, how I looked at my own father, which is, uh, he was, he was my Christ. He was my hero. He was, he was God on earth. You know, he, uh, I, I right. trusted with like, I, it wasn't a blind trust. I just knew that he knew if he said, let's go, the, let's go here. Let's turn here. I, I, it's the same example of how a husband would lead his wife. That I just knew that that's the way to go. I knew right. my dad made the right call. And then if he didn't make the right call, he didn't have to tell me it wasn't the right call. He would just adjust course and I'd still go with him. Right. You know, it, it was like, all right, hmm, dead end. All right, let's turn around. I was like, okay, let's turn around. I didn't stand there and start questioning, like, why did we hit a dead end? It's just like, I, I follow your lead, boss. That's you know, exactly how I saw it too. That's it. That's exactly like as a kid, I remember waking up really early and you know, rushing downstairs to see my dad working on the computer and I'd walk up to him, he'd pick me up, put him in his lap and he'd keep working. You know, and that was back when I would just sit there quietly. Uh, that was the only mm -hmm. role he had. Just, you have to be quiet because I need the work. And it was one of the most peaceful, calm things. And there's many times when he'd be leading me around and we'd go to the wrong location. I'm like, oh, okay. Like it didn't bother me at all because I knew inherently that he was going to take me to the right spot. You know, and right. It you don't doubt him. Like you, you just trust his leadership. And the woman, you know, she, she what she has to do to overcome is she has to she has to trust in his leadership. And it, it's it's a battle. I mean, when we're all coming out of the world and wait, most of us are waking up midlife. Right. You know, if we're lucky in our twenties, but that, there's still a lot of things you got to shed. So she's gonna she's gonna be hesitant. Most women who are seeking are gonna be weary. They don't want to. They're, they're scared to death of doing it wrong again. That's you know, what they, was, they've done it wrong. That's what I was kind of feeling again. right when you were saying that. Is I'm sure many women, they like this idea of being able to trust inher inherently in a man, but they've been quote unquote betrayed so many times that now they're very suspicious of it. Yeah. Every man in their life has let them down from the father on. Right. Whether the father was absent, a deadbeat, not around. And I get it. Like the truth is, like it wasn't the father. He was just blind. You know, like his spirit always loved his child spirit, but of that course. worldly him in the world was blind. And and that's a hard thing to to accept. Some people can't forgive their fathers if they weren't around because they 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 just they, hold they miss them to too much. They hold on. Yeah, to they it. Yeah. they look at that someone else and they say, well, they've got their dad. Why couldn't I have mine? And it's a dangerous thought. You know, like I could say the same thing. I could say, well, yeah, so, so I had him for, you know, my, my teens right. up to my 20s. But you know what? I could I could also flip it and say, well, he should, you know, he didn't deserve to get murdered. You know, why, why, should, why my father? Why was he killed? Right. 
you know, why did my why did God let that happen? Why he let some some stranger murder my father and then get away scot free? Right. You know, but it's a, it's the same trap. And you know, the devil will tell the other person, oh well, tell them that at least they had a dad. Yes. And it makes them feel like their pain counts for more than that your it, pain. It and I believe it. that I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that none of our pains matter. Not that pain that I thought I felt is not real. And neither is the pain of someone who never had a dad. Right. That's very true. And the, I think. Um, a common occurrence here too is many men will be um, will have their mother's anger, but they'll be angry at their father for like being weak or being a beta. And they're just like, "Why weren't you stronger? Why couldn't you have guided me and give me the love I wanted?" And whether or not it's why couldn't true, you have been there? Yeah, why couldn't you have been there? Or why were you abusive? Or why were why did you hit me when you were angry? And it's all based upon this assumption that you know they knew what they were doing. But like right. kind of what Jesus said, right? Forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. Like yeah. that's a real, once you realize that and you go and forgive, you know, it goes back to your point, which I think was a really good point is that you're born into sin, but you're not sinful. But if you have the sin within, you go and forgive that source, which is 99.9% .9 your parents, then God forgives you and creates that schism between the you and the not you, you know, the thoughts that yeah, are in this, your head. Yeah. That thing that came into your life in your childhood, whenever the trauma happened, it, it attaches itself to your spirit and it's it never is you it never was you it's never gonna be you it just feels like you and when you wake up and you forgive you you gain light you gain vision you start to see the seams that that attach you to that thing that's not you right and the more you grow into yourself the more you come back to the way you were you're going to see all the seams all the way around and and the very the very act of seeing the seams undoes it, but there are some seams that people don't want to look at, uh, like the people who want to hold on to hating their fathers. They yep. may think they've forgiven them, but part of them still resents men because the father was either that bad or just not present. Sure. Uh, but you need to those seams need to dissolve as well because you're you're still allowing that thing to be attached to you, even if it's just by one strand. You need to you need to cut it all off, and you need to excise that parasite. It's a real thing. I mean, a lot of people will say, um, like this idea of returning to perfection. A lot of religious people will say, "Oh, you know, like I'm, you know, unknowingly sinning," or they'll say, "I'm on my way to perfection." But to me, that's always felt like an excuse to they're believing their thoughts, they're sinning, but that's kind of more like a religious way of looking at it. But what you're saying is a very true thing. Those who are waking up, like when I look at them, you can sometimes see that they're almost there. It's, it's fascinating when you can see that in somebody else, you know, you see the perfection inside of them and then you see the sin within them. And sometimes too, you can see when the sin begins talking. I'm not sure if you've experienced that, but you can actually literally see in someone's eyes when, um, you know, all of a sudden they disappear and, Satan kind of is talking through them, you know, and yeah. it's, it's kind of I, freaky when you first see it, but it's an amazing superpower. You know, I'm not I sure. I noticed it with, yeah. uh, with women and I shared it with some of the girls at church and uh, a good friend of mine and she was able to kind of see it for herself. And I told her, Oh, that's great. You know, I, I started to notice, I said, you know what? I noticed that when you drift, that's what I call it. When you go into your head, I was like, you, when you uh, start to drift, your voice also drifts. It gets kind of, soft like pensive like there's a pensive 
uh, state behind it. Yes. You know, and then her eyes start to kind of, she starts to kind of tilt her head up and look up to the sky like she's thinking of something. And I say, that's, that's where you start to slip away. I can see you go. And then usually what comes out of your mouth after that point are hypotheticals and what ifs. Yep. And I said, and what I told her, it came to me in the moment was, I was like, maybe you should, when you're trying to find the right words to say, instead of looking up and drifting upstairs, look down at what would be your work table. As if uh, I was working uh, on a carpentry, I'd have my little workbench and I would have my tools. And if it's not on the table, well, then I don't have that tool. But you do right. have plenty of tools to choose from. So look at that table. Look what's directly in front of you. And if you don't have the word, you don't have the word. But don't drift upstairs and be tempted to go try and find one because <sighs> the devil will give you plenty. That's interesting that it's literally looking up into your head versus down into where where the true work is happening within you yeah right here on the ground that's really interesting that like you can actually that's what blew my mind when i woke up is i can it feels like i can see satan talking through someone and i again it goes back to that when my grandma first died and probably when you went through that experience too there are these thoughts saying you're a complete psycho you're seeing satan in people <laughs> yeah and, I, I the fact that joke about it today it still makes people uncomfortable yeah <laughs> it makes oh, Satan I mean, how can you them. joke about your mom being dead i'm like yeah she's dead <laughs> she dead <laughs> <laughs> that's an that's amazing so yeah it's if, if anybody's listening wants to wake up you do get the superpower if you really do wake up that you can actually see satan in people sometimes and not saying all the time not all but but most so i think uh, we'll have one more part on this podcast yeah, you, can, you can feel him in your head <laughs> yeah you can literally feel him in your head too and yeah that's actually that's a good that's a good one we can talk about. So we'll be right back on the Data Rethought podcast. And we are back. So uh, Richard, you mentioned um, uh, something interesting that I've noticed, and maybe you've noticed it too. Um, when you first wake up, you begin to notice, you know, go and forgive. God forgives you. You do that silent prayer, you get some distance from your thoughts, you can see them coming. Sometimes they may still get to you, but then eventually it gets so far away you just see it. Um, but one thing I've noticed is now the temptation isn't coming from within my head. You know, initially Satan will try to tempt you with thoughts. He'll still do that, but it gets weaker and weaker. That's what I've noticed. But then he will go to other people and talk to them and tempt them to then contact you. And it it sounds insane to somebody who hasn't woken up, but to me it's this amazing thing where, you know, a ex-girlfriend that is the new temptation that wants to reach out to you and tempt you right. in a certain way, it blows my mind on the timing of when those things happen to the point where yeah. I'm like, okay, this is a real thing. This is ridiculous. So have you ever experienced I, that type of thing too? Yeah, it happened to me and then uh, happened to uh, a good friend that, uh, you know, I, I warned her, I said, you know, as you start to make these observations about how your relationships in the past and the trauma from your child has shaped the guys that you found yourself attracted to and these imaginary lists you've created about what you think you like, right. I said, be ready for those type of people to come out of the woodwork for exes, past acquaintances, even friends who claim that you thought were just friends are going to make moves. It doesn't mean all of them. Right. But I was like, just be aware. Like, Don't try to determine who it is just wait and you'll see and lo and behold like i think it was like within a couple of days after i had mentioned uh you know even friends coming out of the woodwork and all of a sudden professing 
or making strange advances. Oh man! A, a, a quote unquote friend made a strange advance. Yeah. And she was kind of like, "Whoa, I, I saw it." And I was like, "Amazing! Like that's exactly what you need to see." And it's like, "And don't feel any way about it. Just know that you saw it and you didn't fall for it, and you didn't get finessed by it or entertain it. You're just like, "Hey, that's inappropriate." Like I thought we we're friends. Right. And, and the same thing with me. Like like you, when you're coming out of it, you get you know I had a you know as soon as I go uh, abstinent. Like not even a couple sure. weeks later, an old ex uh, sends me a message. Hey, what are you doing? And then the you know the, it's like you try to be nice. Oh, good. How are you doing? Yep. And then boom, the talk the talk goes straight to some kind of sexual thing. And you're like, oh, okay, I get it. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. It's you really know, interesting it, when that happens. Like, um, you really begin to see that people are truly hypnotized in this fallen state, and it's not like you're like depersoning them where you don't see them as people. But you just really begin to understand that those who aren't awake, they can't help themselves when those things happen. They can't. And it's not their fault either because, again, they're just believing their thoughts. They're stuck in the lie and, you know, yeah, they don't like know Like someone's lusting do. after someone, like that friend that friend who made an advance on the friend I'm with, my friend. Sure. It's because he was in his thoughts and he's probably been in his thoughts for a very long time about her, but in a physical, lustful way. Right. So when he thought there was a chance that that thought might become reality, that fantasy might come true, well, he, he betrayed himself and his cards were shown. Yeah. Same thing with the, the ex who hits me up when I when I go abstinent, the timing of it, like you said, it's not coincidental. It's it's when you try to wake up and leave, the devil's going to try and get his, his claws into you and dig in. Uh, he goes into someone else's ear and says, hey, why don't you call Richard? Why don't you send him a message? You guys should rekindle. Right. You guys are really you a good have to relationship. Be able to see that. Yeah. Exactly. And and I could see that. And I was like, wait, there's no need for this. This is so out of left field. Uh, but it, it's the timing of it. It's, it's He will raise an army against you to keep you in the world. That's he amazing. He will bring up people. He'll, he'll have your coworkers ask you questions to make you doubt yourself. Like, why aren't you married yet? Why don't you have kids yet? Why are you this and that? Why don't you have enough money? Like anything to open that window just a bit so he can sneak in with a doubt and fear. Because that's uh, how that's he gets you. Point. You have to have zero doubt and zero fear. Full faith has no room for any fear whatsoever. Right. No doubt. Doubt is the inversion of fear. That's what, what Roy would say. You know, it's it truly is the inversion where if you doubt something, you really don't have faith or you don't have love because not, that's not how to approach it. And Right. Like I just, it doesn't work. It, yeah, it really doesn't work. I just was totally relating to... It's funny because I've been on both sides of this where I used to be that doting beta male nice guy just being like, one day she'll see. And then you wait and wait and wait. And of course, if you check my browser history, I wouldn't be too proud. As uh, Owen Benjamin would say, let me see your browser browsers. history. <laughs> there was definitely... Let me get your browser's password. Oh, man, it was... Back in the day, the hypocrisy, you don't even see the hypocrisy. You just think you're so righteous because, again, you're believing your yeah. thoughts. <laughs> you're like, like, like that pastor who just cheated on his wife a second time. Oh, man. Beta male. <laughs> he, just buy, he just buys her things, you know? Like, it's just, and that's, that's, those are the best examples people have in the world. And they go, well, this is good I'm going to get. At least he's rich. At least I'm, I'm, right. I have all the money I need, so I'll just put up with his philandering. Right, right. It's this... That's just another great topic about just how people in a fallen state will put humans on a pedestal, again, idolatry, that worship the person. And then when, of course, that fallen person who isn't a son of God then falls from grace, they then put him into the fake pit because then they feel better and then then they can judge them and they don't even realize that yeah. they're doing it because it's this. You need a loser to feel like a winner. 
ah oh, yeah that was yeah yeah you need you find a bigger loser so then you feel like you're a godly person you know it's right that's so true well i mean this has been awesome richard is there anything else you kind of want to mention to people i mean i'm going to definitely request you come back <laughs> this is this is <laughs> this amazing fun <laughs> i mean it's just you know like whether you're a christian or not i think if if you can understand that you have emotionally been up and down in your life and you've had moments where you can't believe you did some of the things you did in the past well then that's a clue that just maybe you're not conscious when those things happen and and that means that whether you believe it or not that something inside you is moving you and it's not the real you it's not the way you always were it's not the way you were as a kid right not 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 the way you were born maybe the way you were eventually became as after your parents screwed you up but if you if you have any of that then that's some insight that you know maybe you do need to look inside and see who you really are underneath all these identities and all these emotions you've covered yourself in no 100% and if that's you can let so that true. go you'll, you'll be the real you you nothing is a big deal every day is a good day and if you're married you're you're just stoked to come home and see your wife or the wife is stoked to come home and see your husband and and nothing else matters like not not politics not the, not sports not nothing like if you have a family that's your world and until you have one then it's just you and god and that's your world but when you got a family then that should be it like you're blessed and if you got one now and you're trying to overcome just realize how blessed you are come home and never ever let your wife know you're having a bad day because you shouldn't have one right that's so true and to and the way to, to do it is to go and forgive you know, once once you That's understand it. that you are not God, like you understand you're you're not right, you're not wrong, you're just you're just a human. You know, you have all these things. You're a son of God. You go and forgive your parents. You literally say, "I go, for, you know, I forgive you for making me resent you." And then God literally forgives you, and you just slowly get distance from these thoughts, which are just temptations. And you block. And it's almost like it's yeah. it's not like you're forgiving him really. Like it's not that we have the power to forgive. God is the one who forgives us. Right. But it's when you finally realize that just like you didn't mean to get blackout drunk in college or whatever it was that you did wrong in life, they couldn't help but fail you or be impatient with you or be angry or be a an, uh, physically abuse you or or molest you or whatever it might be whatever the thing was that ruined you as a child right they couldn't help it because you know what their parents screwed them up the same way and it's this never-ending curse that if we can one of us if one generation can wake up and overcome it we get to go back to the way it was in the garden before she ate the fruit exactly and that's what we got to do is return to the garden get back to order exactly that's exactly it so for anybody looking to wake up richard is just a wealth of resources here. This is a ama- this has been a wonderful conversation, man. I can't wait to uh, get you back on. There's gonna be so much more to talk about. But everybody, please, you know, go and forgive. God will forgive you, or just know that you're wrong, and do the silent prayer, and of course, doubt every thought. And we'll see you. Amen. On, yeah, and we'll see you on the next podcast. Take care. Thanks for having me on, bud.